CMSF, the annual conference of the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, brings together a mix of local and international speakers to discuss the most pertinent topics of Australia's $2.7 trillion superannuation sector. Join a host of AIST personalities in this podcast series as we sit down with some of the key speakers from the 2019 conference to give you an overview of their expertise and insight on some of the biggest topics to be discussed at this year's conference. Hello, um, my name's Diane and I'm going to be speaking to Olivia Cosolino who is Principal Growth and Services for an organisation called Social Traders. Now, Social Traders exists to create jobs for disadvantaged Australians by connecting social enterprises with business and government buyers. So, Olivia, tell us more. Sure, Diana. Well, I might start by just explaining what social enterprises are. They are businesses that exist to fulfil a social or environmental purpose. So they sell goods and services like any other business, but it's their purpose that differentiates them from a traditional business. So to give you a couple of examples, it could be a catering company that employs young people that are at risk of homelessness, or it could be a cleaning company that employs people with a disability. There are many different types of social enterprise models, but what unites them is that they exist to fulfil a social purpose. And then if I just go on to explain what social procurement is, this is when organisations use their buying power to generate social value that is above and beyond the value of the goods and services that they procure. So it's when a corporation or a government um, switches to a social enterprise supplier or it might be Indigenous business or a disability enterprise or even directly employs a disadvantaged person That is social procurement. What sort of goods and services can be bought through social enterprise, Olivia? Um, Great question. A a really broad range of goods and services. We see social enterprises operating in nearly every industry. So it's things like catering and cleaning, as I mentioned before, but bottled water, um, fruit delivery boxes, a full range of IT life cycle services, including e-waste management, Um, labour hire and recruitment services, a range of marketing-related services, so graphic design, photography, etc., even legal services. So there's a really diverse range. Um, There really is something for every organisation to purchase from a social enterprise. In terms of social enterprise, um, when you were talking earlier, you were talking about the three buckets. Mm. Um, Explain to our listeners the concept of the three buckets. Yeah, we use the three buckets analogy at Social Traders to help define the different types of social purposes that exist in social enterprise. So bucket one is those social enterprises that exist to provide training and employment opportunities for a disadvantaged group of people. So they're the examples I gave earlier, so a catering company that employs at-risk young people, etc., that's probably the majority of the, of the type of social enterprise that we work with at Social Traders. Um, the second bucket of social enterprise is that that we call the community need. So it's where a social enterprise is selling products and services in response to an unmet community need. So where the market has failed. 
So that could be in the instance of price accessibility for a disadvantaged cohort, or it could be other things. So um, a social enterprise that's operating in um, electronic waste recycling uh, or the recycling and reusing of redundant office uh, stationery and other items. And then the third bucket is that that we call the profit redistribution bucket. So these are social enterprises that operate like a fully commercial business and they exist to generate as much profit as they can because they then redistribute that profit to a third party who fulfills their social purpose. So a really famous example of a bucket three would be thank you water and the thank you personal care products that you would know. Um, that's a classic bucket three social enterprise. And what about the key drivers of social procurement? Tell us a bit about those. So we're seeing some really exciting policy developments that have really started this. So the federal government released an Indigenous procurement policy. The Victorian state government has released a social enterprise strategy and social enterprise, a social procurement framework, sorry, which um, helps all Victorian state government departments and agencies to embed social procurement practices into their everyday procurement practices. Um, we've also seen Australia's infrastructure boom is a big driver and we've seen infrastructure projects in every state in Australia have social procurement targets built into them. That is a certain percentage of the total project spend has to be with a social enterprise or other social benefit supplier. Um, and we've also seen some industry influences too. So the International Standards Organisation released a new standard for sustainable procurement and what that has done is it's elevated social up to the level of environmental sustainability um, and that will really um, provide guidance for organisations all over the world to start sustainable procurement practices. That is fantastic. So in terms of social traders' role, uh, you do work to broker between the interested parties? Yes, that's right. So we've created a double-sided marketplace where we work with buyers on the one side, so they are corporate and government organisations who are looking to buy from social enterprise, and we have a membership model. So what the membership with social traders gives these organisations is access to our network of 250 and growing social enterprises across Australia and also a range of support services to help these organisations develop and implement social procurement into their organisation. On the other side of the marketplace, the supply side, is where we certify social enterprises. So Social Traders is the only organisation in Australia that does social enterprise certification and it's a very rigorous process um, to give social enterprises the, the genuine recognition that they are a social enterprise. And through our certification, social enterprises then get exposure to the buyer side. Um, so it increases their ability to win contracts and increase their revenue and ultimately increase their impact. And then in the middle, we connect both sides of the marketplace. So we've got a digital portal where social enterprise suppliers have profiles. Buyers can go on the portal, search for social enterprises and see quite comprehensive capability information about those enterprises. Uh, we run a range of networking events where we bring both sides of the market together. 
And we also do really tailored, facilitated introductions to individual social enterprises and buyers. So that's a, that's a real value add, Olivia. So in terms of an organisation, how does an organisation that is buying from social enterprise assess the impact or social return generated by their spend? Great question. So we create impact reports for our buyer members. Um, we've collected a lot of data over the years, which has allowed us to generate some proxy figures. And, and what we know is that for every $100,000 spent with a social enterprise, 1.5 jobs is created for disadvantaged Australians. So that's, a, that's a one metric that we use to assess the impact. So organisations will give us um, a summary of their total spend and we can actually then use metrics to determine how many jobs or hours of employment did that create for disadvantaged people or how many tonnes of waste did that divert from landfill. Whatever their original objectives were in terms of their priority impact areas, we can help them report on what their spend has achieved in that regard. And we can also break down their spend in terms of which beneficiary groups have they had impact in? Was it 30% of their spend has impacted the lives of at-risk young people or asylum seekers and refugees or people with a disability? So we can actually break down that data based on what we know about the social enterprises in our network and the spend data that the buyer organisations share with us. So you get a really meaningful impact report um, that demonstrates the social and environmental impact that's been generated. That is fantastic. So people get some real statistics and data out of how it all works. Correct, yes. So I just have another question. Is it more expensive buying from social enterprise? Look, it can be and often it's not. So some social enterprises are completely cost competitive. Um, others may have a small price premium and that is because it is more expensive to operate a social enterprise in many cases. So if you are a social enterprise that employs a disadvantaged workforce, um, that comes with added costs. So those sorts of social enterprises can do what they do so successfully because they provide wraparound support to their employees. So it might be that they employ caseworkers or psychologists. It might be that they give their employees assistance with stable housing. Whatever the support that their employee needs to be able to function effectively and, and um, take advantage of these employment opportunities, um, they do add costs to a social enterprise. And in some cases, that does have to be passed on to the pricing, um, but normally it's it's a very minor, if at all, um, price premium. But a social enterprise is offering value for money over and above just the basic um, goods and services. So that is something that needs to be considered. Ah, that's great. So in terms of financial services and super funds, uh, looking at it from our perspective mm. in our industry... Um, talk us through some of the scenarios that might uh, arise where we could utilise those sorts of this sort of service. Sure. So, look, any organisation that runs an office 
can purchase services from social enterprises. So that could be catering services, um, stationery. It could be your fruit and milk delivery each week. It could be e-waste recycling. Uh, it could be um, relocating your office. So there's a really broad range of services that all offices um, use. Obviously, the larger the office and the more employees, the more need um, for for a scale of those services that would be required. But if an organisation does isn't necessarily directly responsible for, or an individual is not directly responsible, they may have influence. So, for example, an investment manager has influence over those companies or assets in which they're investing, and they can actually demand a social return on their investment, not just a financial return. And we are seeing this happen more and more. So there are both direct and indirect ways in which people within the superannuation industry can engage with social procurement. Okay, that I have learnt so much from chatting with you today. Uh, so I guess if anyone wants to learn more uh, or get started, then would we, you suggest that they visit your website as a first... Absolutely. Social Traders, if you Google us, you'll find our website. Um, there are, you can learn more about what Social Traders does and there are contact details if you'd like to have a chat with anyone um, to learn about how Social Traders might be able to help your organisation. Thanks for listening. Be sure to listen to our other interviews with key speakers from CMSF 2019. You can find out more on our upcoming events program by heading to aist.asn.au forward slash events. See you next time.